Well, welcome to Gardening Talk back on 2 and URFM. Greg Richard joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you back in once again. Good afternoon. I don't blame you about the temperature then. It's skyrocketing oh, out it's... there. probably was 24, you know, two minutes ago, and now it is 34. <laughs> Who knows what it is now? Oh, I think it's going to be 40 by later this afternoon, by the feel of it. But <laughs> what do you got for us today, Scott? Well, because it's so hot, I thought we'd talk about uh, looking after your plants in this sort of heat. Uh, yep. Some products out there you can use. Picking your pumpkins if you've been growing them. Okay. Yes, it's a good time to do that as well. And uh, the figs. How beautiful are the figs at the moment? I haven't had any. Wouldn't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're wasted on you, but we'll talk about growing figs as well. What, what's your problem with the fig? Why don't you like them? I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm just saying I haven't had any. That's well, all. they are a bit of an acquired taste. I don't think I actually really started eating them until about five years ago. So, okay. Yeah, but they are a really juicy, delicious thing to have. Yep. I think when you're eating them, though, if you get one that's all soft and mushy, you just go, well, that wasn't really worth it. Yeah. Uh, and that, that is a problem with them. Their shelf life is very, very short. So if you see them in the shops... Getting always, quick. Yeah, always say, you know, getting quick and have a look around and make sure they're sort of not furry or mushy in the packaging. Yeah. Best way, of course, to have them is to grow them yourself. Yeah. Easy. Re- yeah, really easy. Uh, a, a totally dead set simple plant to uh, have in the garden or have in a pot in a sunny spot. I've got one at my place. Uh, it's on the front veranda. It faces south, so I don't really get much fruit out of it. Okay. Uh, but it looks like a just a lovely little plant. It, it keeps on going for me. I hardly water it. I mean, they really will you know, virtually grow on the side of a rock in very, very dry conditions. So yep. don't be concerned about having to look after them uh, too much. You can give them a light prune as well uh, You know, when they lose their leaves. Uh, but generally, uh, look, a very easy plant. The only pest you're going to get is a pesky bird. Oh, that's not the worst thing in the world. Well, not really, but the birds love them. They just come in and, and feast on them. So you do have to net uh, your figs once you start to see the fruit setting on there. Um, and uh, otherwise, they might get a little bit of uh, mildew on them in the humid months, but uh, you can easily get rid of that with some copper spray. So, look, they're really the only two things. They're a bit like blueberries, actually, just a really simple, easy plant to have in the garden, uh, have in a pot. Uh, you could almost have them side by side. Oh, Blueberry, please. fig, beautiful. One for the fruit for any time of the day. You or can make a jam out of both of them. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, uh, yeah, you just pick them off uh, just when they're sort of starting to feel a little bit softer. Just bite into them. Really, really delightful. I'll have to get some and bring them in for you next week and we'll just have a little fig feast. A little fig feast. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Looking forward to that. What else can you have them with? Oh, ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Absolutely stunning. All right, eh? Yeah, and look, not a big plant, uh, probably three metres tall if you let them get that big, but otherwise you can just let them spread out and get really rangy and, and do whatever you want. Easy plant to have in a pot. Excellent. Oh, we like easy plants in pots. We'd certainly do around here. <laughs> We've got Pam from Gateshead, and she's got trouble keeping weeds under control. Good afternoon, Pam. How can we help you? Yeah, I've got a problem. They're inundating. It's like the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I know it's going to finish weeding or start again. And I've got an established rose garden that I wanted to um, uh, keep the weeds out of, and I wanted to know the best way. I, I thought about putting plastic down and cutting you know, around where the roses are and and sort of um, putting a piece of plastic underneath it so that, um, that the, the weeds wouldn't come up through the crack and then um, putting some mulch on top of it or just do I just put mulch on top of it? Would that kill them out without um, uh, too much effort? <laughs> 
Yeah, look, you're sort of on the right track. The only thing I wouldn't do is use the old black plastic. I think that's probably a bit of a you know an old-fashioned uh, okay. way, way to go now. There's better ways to do it. Um, look, the most important thing is that you do not, and I say do not use Zero or Roundup or any of those sprays around roses because it will deform your roses and wreck them. Uh, that's not to say you can't use weed sprays. There's all these great uh, pine oil-based weed sprays out there now. They're, they're naturally based, so you can spray them on the weeds, and it really just burns the weed away, and it doesn't harm the roses at all. So you just need to go out and get a natural pine oil-based uh, weed spray and use that. That would mean that. Uh, Splash, I think it's called. Yes, yes, that's 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 one of the brands. So that's a really good one to go and use as well. So you uh-huh. could use that. You'd wait probably three or four days until you start to see, uh, you know, the the weeds starting to wither up. It does take the sun and the heat to do it though. So you have to be careful. You know, it won't work as well, for instance, on a cloudy day or in the middle of winter. Um, so now's a great time to get out and spray, to, you know, with Slasher or one of those pine ore based ones. And it's all right for pets, isn't it, because I've got dogs? Yeah, absolutely fine to use with pets. Uh, won't harm them at all. They probably just won't like the taste of it too much. Um, be a little bit like, um, you know, drinking, I don't know, clean or something. You know, one of those disinfectants just wouldn't be very, very pleasant. So, uh, But it won't hurt them. Look, right. once you've done okay. that and you've waited until those weeds start to wither away, that's when you need to go a bit old school as well and get some newspaper. I know yeah. <laughs> there's not many of them around yeah. like they used to be, so... Um, but then you just lay that over the weeds and around your garden bread rather than black plastic. Okay. And then yeah. you would mulch heavily over the top of that. Now, the reason I say that is because it still lets the moisture down into the soil. Right. Uh, the newspaper and the mulch breaks down over time, but it also provides a really effective way of choking out the weeds. Uh, so, look, I think that's probably your best bet. Uh, you're sort of on the right track with the black plastic, but I, I really think that thick newspaper uh, is the better way to go. And while we're on that, can I ask another question? Absolutely. Is it too late to prune the roses back and do you um, spray them with um, sulphur when you um, uh, cut them back? You, you can give roses a light February prune if you want to. So it, it's probably still, you know, you know, not too bad if you want to give them a light prune. Now, when you spray with sulphur, though, if it touches the leaves of the rose, um, that sulphur is going to burn the leaves off. So that's we, we use sulphur mainly um, in the middle of the year when we've done the heavy prune and there's no leaves on the rose at all. Uh, and it seals up all the wounds and it also gets rid of any louse scale that the, uh, the rose might have. Um, so at this time of year, probably don't worry too much about the... the uh, you know the spraying with the lime sulfur. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I, I just didn't didn't want to prune it because I've got so many roses on it. And I, uh, I better find out whether or not um, it's you know too late or too early to, to prune. No. Look, it's always fine to you know you can always give your your roses a little bit of a tidy up. February is the one where you give it you know a little bit more of a tidy up than um, you would, um, and then of course the one in July or August when you give the heaviest prune. Much for your help. Okay, thanks for the call, Pam. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. We got John from Adawi, and he's looking out for shade trees. Good afternoon, John. How can we help you? Uh, g'day, Scott. Uh, yeah, listen, mate. I've got a um, sort of about a hectare of uh, vacant land or grassland in the back of the property, and a couple of horses there. And uh, unfortunately, it used to be a tomato farm, but there's, so there's no trees. Um, and I was thinking, what to and underneath the topsoil, there's a it's a very clay and can flood every now and then. 
Now, we've got some uh, swamp mahogany right at the back. I was just wondering what's a good shade tree for quick growing for that sort of soil. Yeah, I guess the, yeah, the the clay under there is going to be a little bit detrimental to trying to um, you know, get a lot of natives growing there. I was actually going to suggest the uh, the tuckaroo because it's a great uh, uh, quick-growing native. doesn't get too big for you but provides a canopy and lots of shade. Um, what about, have you got any casarinas down there? Is, uh, is that what you call a swamp mahogany with the fine little needle-like yeah. leaves? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, they're they're really good, um, provided that you realise that you know once they start to grow, they're sort of going to um, you know effectively not sterilise the land, but you know they drop their needles down, and yeah, you're not going to have too much grass or anything. But they do provide shade and a little bit of yeah. uh, shelter. I was trying to avoid that, yeah, because of their acid content. So yeah. the tuckaroos don't have that problem, do they? No, they certainly don't. Look, the other quick growing plant that's going to get some height for you uh, is the old silky oak. Um, not a bad one to give a go um, with because it'll be quick growing and uh, provide plenty of shade for your horses. Okay, good. Now, sorry, just one more question. <laughs> on, on the same property, there's a, I've got a metal structure that uses a workshop. Uh, and you were talking the other day about um, climbers over, over structures. Uh, and I was going to try and do that to the shed to break it up and also help keep it cooler. Um, do you suggest anything? Yeah, look, I, I do. Why not just grow a couple of, get some passion fruit growing around the place um, because they will climb up over the top of it. Uh, you'll be able to get yeah. some fruit um, from them as well. Um, yeah. And they're really, really quick growing. Uh, look, the only downside, I guess, in that situation, you need to be picking the, the fruit away. Otherwise, you might start to get some rodents turning up and you know feeding on any fruit that's fallen on the ground. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so look, if you were going to do, uh, you know, then a, an alternate climber, I guess, uh, you might um, use one of the, uh, um, the the sort of the, uh, the uh, oh, I'm just thinking like, oh, a, a wisteria might be good for you. Um, as, but the trouble with wisteria is it can get a bit woody and, um, you know, break um, any yeah. structures. So you just have to be careful about the wisteria. But again, it provides plenty of shade and is quick growing for you. Uh, with, um, uh, what is it, Pandoria? Uh, one yeah. of the Pandoria varieties. Yeah, yeah one, of, one of the Pandoria varieties would be okay yeah. for you as well. Um, yeah. How hot is the is the sort of the shed? Because um, you know, as it's draping over the top, it might get burnt a little bit burnt um, yeah. by that. I, I have noticed they like just a touch of shade. The Pandoria's, um, but wow. they're a nice soft climber uh, and yeah. won't do any damage. Uh, and you get the nice flowers on them as well. So that might yeah. be a, a way for you to go. Just give it a try and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I just get full north sun. That's the problem with it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I might okay. have to go with something like the wisteria or something. All right. Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. Okay. Good on you, John. Thanks for the call. Bye. And we've got Len from Maryland. He's got a question about apple cucumbers. Afternoon, Len. How can we help you? Oh, Len, are you there? Len. Oh, the apple cucumbers eating, oh, eating Len, that. unfortunately. We've got Paul from Buchanan now. With He's got a question about avocado tree. Hello, Paul. Hello, Scott. How are you going? Good, mate. How can we help you? Um, I've nurtured a, um, an avocado from a seed, and it's about a bit over half a metre tall now, um, and it's getting a lot of new shoots on it, and um, it's got a lot of uh, like black little bugs on all the new leaves. Am I able to just cut them off or...? 
Well, I, I probably wouldn't do that because if your plant's only a little tucker, um, you're going to you know sort of get rid of a lot of the uh, you know the growing you know the sort of the energy, the solar panel, I guess, of the plant that's sucking all the energy in. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be leaving them, but maybe just spraying with a pyrethrum spray. Uh, yeah, I've, just I've been so using um, the eco oil uh, once a week, sort of, and it's it's looking quite healthy. That's great because um, eco oil is a good product. It works as a yep. preventative. It keeps scale and other insects away. So um, yep. you'll keep on using that. It uh, you won't have any harm to the plant, and yep. um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, look, just keep on using that eco oil. A really, a really, a really great product to use. Yes. Yep. Okay. And the other thing is too, um, uh, the larger leaves are starting to. It looks like they're getting burnt. Now it's in a pot. I've got it in a large pot at the moment under a tree of the maybe the like during the midday. So it doesn't. It gets that broken sun. But um, can I cut the the dead leaves off the the bigger ones? Yeah. You can certainly cut the the, uh, the dead leaves off the plant. The other thing that's going to happen uh, as we get into winter, a little plant like that's going to suffer from the wind and just the yep. cold settling on it. Um, yep. Now, because you've got it in a pot, that's great because you can move it around as you need to. Uh, you know, onto... I have done. I have done in um, the winter of past. Yeah, that look that that's really important. Yeah, that's really important to do that. Now, because yeah. you have grown your plant from seed, uh, you know avocados yeah. take a long time to actually fruit. Yeah, yeah, it was more a project, <laughs> and and an absolutely great little project to have as well. So eventually, yeah. you'll probably want to get it out of the pot and uh, into the ground. Um, yeah. But you won't do that until the plants are a little bit older, just because you've yeah. still got that benefit of being able to move it around. Uh, you know, out of the wind. Uh, if yep. you know it's going to get you know a frost or it's going to be really cold night, you can move it in under the yep. veranda or whatever. Uh, I'll move it inside. Yeah, you can do that as well in the garage or you know in the garage. Yep, yeah. yep, absolutely perfect. So just make sure you're uh, watering it nice and regularly in a pot, and Every that you're day. using yeah, yep. great. And liquid fertilizer as well is fantastic in pots. It's nice and safe, and you can use yeah. them uh, yep. you know, every uh, couple of weeks. Um, just, just like something like a sea salt. Sea salt's great for the root system of the plant. There's other ones out there, you know, like the old-fashioned Thrive. There's also Flourish. Yep. Um, yep. So you can water them on, uh, very safe for the plant. And they'll just promote all elements of the plant, not just necessarily the root system that sea salt does. Uh, you can also use uh, some sort of organic slow-release fertiliser yep. as well. Uh, there's plenty Beautiful. of ones out there like Bounce Back. Um, they're yep. those little yep. pelletised, you know, um, you know, de- you know the old uh, sort of defender sort of ones. So you can use those, yep. and uh, not a problem. And it provides the um, the uh, the the boost that uh, back into the soil for the plant as well when you've got it in a pot. Uh, that's, that's fantastic, Scott. Yep. Okay. Okay. Thank oh, you very much, Paul. Much for your help. Okay. okay. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. We got Paul now from Chisholm, and well, we're talking about figs. He's got a question about figs. Afternoon, Paul. How can we help? Yeah, uh, good afternoon, Scott. A um, couple of things about figs. Firstly, a good recipe. Cut them in half lengthways, sprinkle them with a bit of brown sugar, put them under the griller, wait till the sugar's uh, melted, and serve with a good quality vanilla ice cream. The ah, best dessert. Thank you. I mean, Greg, Greg's jotting this one down as quickly as he possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, very simple too. Now, listen, uh, we did buy a, a fig a plant tree uh, from a certain well-known supermarket. They had some out the front, and we paid eighteen dollars for a specimen that was about twelve inches tall. Well, there's there's Please. nothing harm. There's no harm in rescuing 
a plant no, from certain death and, and taking it to a nice home, okay? There's no harm in doing that. So, But listen to this. It's been in the ground uh, for probably six months, maybe seven months. Yes. It started, it's now probably a metre tall. It's a grafted plant, so the trunk's a little bit uh, skewed with, uh, but that's okay. Um, but the fruit's amazing. We've already got 11 figs off it. So at retail rates, if you're buying figs by the piece, we've probably got our money back already, um, and it's still fruiting. Uh, and we've done nothing, really. Um, there's a bit of chook poo in the, in the, in the soil, uh, but nothing special. We water it probably um, you know, twice a week, and it's exposed to full westerly sun. This is just brilliant. But what I want to know is, will it stop fruiting, uh, or is it... I suspect it's not going to fruit all year round. And, and during its dormant period, do we do anything special? Uh, look, the, yeah, the short answer is yes, it will stop fruiting and it will stop fruiting very soon um, for you, you know, like in the next two to three weeks. Uh, and then they do lose their leaves uh, during the uh, the colder months. Uh, if you If it's getting a bit unruly at that point in time, you can give it a cutback if you want to. Right. Okay. okay. Otherwise, right. as you found out, they're, uh, they're pretty self-sufficient. Oh, they amazing. Yeah. yeah. Have to get another one. That's a good start. <laughs> go, go rescue <laughs> another one. Production. <laughs> thanks, Scotty. Okay, See thanks for the call, Paul. Bye. Next, we've got Hilton from Charlestown, and they've got burrs on everything during summer. What's yeah, been going, what's going on, Hilton? Uh, my dog is the problem. <laughs> um, he gets these burrs on him, and he, he won't stray out of the garden, so... Um, he gets these burrs on him. You know, I'm old school. I talk in inches. Um, about half an inch long, a little burr. They're single little things. And um, uh, I went to one of those hardware stores the other day and asked uh, if they knew how to kill them. And the guy said, never seen them, never heard them. I'm like, what? So, Hilton, have you been able to identify, like, the plant or the area that they're coming from in your garden? I think we've lost yeah. him, which is a shame. I was just, That's, yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a mystery, those burrs. Yeah, I, I, they were. I was really just going to suggest, you know, trying to find out where they're coming from and uh, giving them a quick old spray with some Roundup as long as they're in the garden and not in the lawn. Um, and, yeah, his dog yeah. might not be as, um, you but, know. Furry. Furry, yeah. <laughs> furry, but uh, maybe not so furry. We've got Adele now from Heat and Greeter, and she's got a question about citrus leaf curl. Hello, Adele. How can we help you? Uh, just wondering how to prevent citrus leaf curl. I cut them all back last year, and I'm noticing again. I've been spraying with white oil, but I don't know what else to do. Yeah, it's a really difficult one to get rid of at this time of year. Um, look, what happens is it's humid. Uh, a lot of your citrus plants, uh, they put on the new growth and yep. it's really yummy and tender. And this little moth comes along and it lays its eggs and then these little pupa get in underneath the membrane of the leaves because it's really soft and easy to do so. And that's when they sort of track around and they do lots and lots of damage and they eventually make the leaves curl up and you just want to prune them off and get rid of them. So what you did by um, you know pruning off the affected uh, new growth is a way of getting rid of it, but it's really not sustainable in the long term because you want the plant to, to grow and you want those leaves to harden up and go to that dark green. And once they're that dark green, um, you know the citrus leaf miner doesn't affect it anymore. So you do need to spray. Uh, you've been using white oil. I, I prefer using a product called Eco Oil. Uh, it's a natural-based uh, product. It's 
specifically there for leaf miner. Uh, you can also just generally use pyrethrum sprays uh, to keep the uh, little moths under control around the area and any little pupas that might be lurking around. Um, but uh, generally, I think you need to use that eco oil all in spraying and misting in underneath the leaves as well. Uh, you have to do that probably... Can you combine the eco oil with the pyrethrum? I'd prefer just to use the eco oil by itself, uh, okay. and you could do that, yep. you know, almost once a week uh, at the moment, yep. just to keep it under control. I'm pretty sure okay. the, the directions say twice a week, but I have used it once a week just quietly, and uh, it didn't seem to damage the plant. So you can keep on doing that, uh, and then okay. look, you could just, you know, every sort of alternate week you'd go out and use the pyrethrum spray just to generally um, keep any other insects that are around the place under control. You only have to do that until the leaves go that dark green and harden up. Sometimes you still might get some leaf miner in there. You're never going to keep it under control completely, but uh, just cross fingers and uh, let it get to that next point, um, you know, where they've hardened up and then you can stop using the eco oil and let it get on for the rest of the year. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for that. And you do need to feed them quite regularly, once every three months, is that? Yeah, look, that that's correct. The citrus are very heavy feeders. Uh, and the other, so you do need to use uh, to feed them every three months. Uh, they love poultry manure if they're in the ground. If they're in the pots, you need to use, uh, you know, slow release or pelletised uh, food, uh, you know, food for it. Yep. Uh, the other thing you need to do with citrus is when they've set their fruit, you know, they've got the flower on there, you have to make sure that they're very well watered at that point in time. And I always steer clear of feeding when they've got the flower on there because you can just, uh, you know, sort of overindulge the plant and um, burn it from the inside and make the, uh, the uh, you know, the flowers drop off. So when they've got their flowers on, heaps and heaps of water, um, it, yep. that usually coincides with the hot and windy times of year. Um, but otherwise, yes, just some regular feeding throughout the year every three months. Okay, then. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I'll Thank- get some oil. Okay, thanks, Thank Adele. You. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. Well, we've got Eddie now from Rutherford, and he's got problems with his grass. Good afternoon, Eddie. How can we help you? Good day, mate. How are you going? Yeah, pretty well. Um, yeah, look, I had some um, topsoil piled up out the side of the shed, and I spread it around the backyard. Uh, had some lovely grass in it, but, <laughs> but now, now it's turned out to be rubbish. Um, I had all these horrible weeds, which I pulled out mostly by hand, but I've got some paspellum coming through, uh, big chunky root base on them. Can I spray those or should I have to dig them all out? Uh, no, you can, you can spray them. There is actually specific uh, paspalum and nutgrass killers on the market that you can use. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'd, I'd go and grab some of that. And, you know, when we know we've got a couple of hot days, good time to go and give it a spray. Um, yeah. And now the thing with those sprays is that uh, they're selective. So even if you do get some overspray on the rest of your lawn, um, it's not yeah. going to do any harm. Uh, but, yeah, make sure you just identify those particular ones and give them a good, uh, good old drenching and that should get rid of them for you. Yeah, so what, just a weed and feed won't really do the job as much? No, weed and feeds, look, it's a great product, but it's just one of those, uh, you know, it's a you know, six of one, you know, it's a bit of both yeah. um, there. It's trying to feed and weed, <laughs> and yeah. hence the name. So if you've yeah. really got a hardcore um, weed that you need to get rid of, you need to go yeah. and get a specific, um, you know, herbicide for that. Yeah. Equally, okay. if you're, you know, your lawn's looking a bit sad, um, you need to give it a hardcore feed as well. So you'd go out yeah. and, you know, either use some poultry manure uh, or, you know, one of the other, um, you know, pelletised uh, uh, fertilisers yeah. that you can get for your lawn. 
Yeah, okay, cool. That's okay, Weed and Feed's great if you just want to give it that uh, sort of steroid boost and uh, make it look fantastic in the next couple yeah. of weeks when you've got people coming over for a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, mate, thanks for that. Okay, Thank thanks, thanks for the call, Eddie. Bye. Cheers. Bye. It's Gardening Tour back on 2 and URFM. We've got time for a couple more calls. And we've got Roger from Morissette, and he's got a question about citrus wasp. Hey, Roger, what's been happening? Uh, I've got uh, two uh, citrus plants in pots. And I've got uh, citrus galls on uh, on one of them. What's the best way to treat them? Yeah, so you're talking about the the gall wasp, are you, that uh, forms the little sort of nodule on the branch of the tree? Yeah. 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 Uh, Look, unfortunately, the only way to get rid of the gall wasp is to actually prune it out. Uh, Now, that can be a bit disappointing as well because sometimes it can be a long way down the tree, although often it's up, um, you know, towards in the new growth. Um, but unfortunately, the only way to get rid of the gall wasp is to, uh, once you see that nodule forming, is to actually prune it out, stick in a plastic bag and, and throw it in the garbage. Um, yeah. Because you do need to, to get rid of it. You don't want it, um, those little uh, pupas and the wasps then hatching back out because they do a lot of damage to the plants. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so there's the, unfortunately there's no, uh, you know, sort of chemical or anything you can prune it really, uh, that you can use. It's just about pruning it out. Yeah, okay, good as God. And um, is there a, bit, a good time to do that straight away? or As soon as you see it forming, you uh, you cut it out and, and get rid of it. Um, yeah. Once you see the holes that have sort of almost popped in it, um, like little pimples all over the little gall, um, that means it's too late. They've already sort of escaped and, and gone back into mm. the world. So uh, you need to do it as soon as you see that gall forming uh, oh. there and, and get rid of it then. Yeah. Does it stress the, the little trees much? Well, the, the pruning... You know, we'll, you'll create new growth from that point where you prune it at, but certainly leaving the gall on there um, does uh, stress the tree. Um, but it's more so uh, the more and more wasps just hatching out and being in the area uh, yeah. and creating more damage to the plants. And so it just become, it overcomes the plant eventually when you get all yeah. that damage on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, thanks for the call, Roger. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We've got Ben now from Rutherford, and he's wondering about his artichoke plants, what they do when they're finished fruiting. What's happening up there, Ben? Ah, uh, Scott, uh, I'd like to know what to do with artichoke plants after harvest. Uh, after they uh, they die, they die back off, back down to the stump, and they seem to have grown uh, from there uh, like suckers. Uh, what, what do you do? Do they stay there until next year or do you have to transplant them? Uh, no, they, they can just stay there till next year. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't be trying to dig them out because, as you said, they will be suckers on the the root of the old plant. So, yeah, just, just leave them. If you wanted to, you could also gather some seed as well from a couple of artichokes and, and re-sow if you wanted to. Um, but, uh, look, they just artichoke grows so quickly, as we all know. There's another good plant for covering over, uh, you know, an old oh, shed so. or something. Yeah, um, so... I, I wouldn't be too bothered. Just let it die back, and uh, if the suckers grow on for you, um, don't worry about gathering the seed. Um, you should just uh, have a, a nice, easy plant to look after. Okay, so when it comes uh, spring, uh, the, the right time uh, for spring, uh, fertilise and uh, let them uh, let them go their way. Yeah, they? absolutely. You can use uh, you know a little bit of poultry manure around them. Um, yes. They they really love that, and they'll just uh, shoot off again for you. Yes, I believe they're. Heavy feeders, so, yeah. Yeah, look, any plant that grows so you know grows so quickly and fruits so quickly, always going to be a heavy feeder. So uh, yeah, make sure you feed them up. Okay, thank you very much for that. Scott. Okay, thank you, Ben. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.
Time for one more quick call. We've got Paul from Wanji, and he wants more information about the full sun. Jacob, just, just a question. Um, we talk about lots of plants that prefer full sun. And, oh, yeah, I grow them in the sun. But when, like, too much sun and when do you need to sort of um, look at shading? And what sort of plants should we look at doing that with? Yeah, look, that, that's that's a good question, actually, Paul. Um, a lot of fruiting and flowering plants require, you know, a fair bit of sun uh, to you know fruit and flower properly um we're talking about the figs like i was saying that mine uh, you know on the southern side of the house doesn't uh, you know fruit very well still grows all right citrus always need to be out in the full sun to get uh, you know as as much flower set on there so you get the fruit as well what I think with a lot of plants, even, you know, we're just very, very hot and and here in January and February in, in Newcastle, it's very, very hot. We don't, we do have some humidity, but not necessarily the humidity that we, we, we get further up the coast. Um, so if you're out in Cessnock or out in the valley, um, you know, there's virtually no humidity out there. So it's very difficult for, for plants to survive out in the full sun. Yep. What I say is, um, you know, if you can get a plant that, you know, it will generally be out or, or shaded um, out of the full sun by two to three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, you're going to get a very good result for that plant. So it won't burn off. It won't dry out as much. So in that really sizzling hot part of the day, um, you've been able to protect the plant and, and get it out of there, out of the full sun. You can also make sure that they're being well watered at that point in time. So um, yeah, I, I think that's just generally a good way of looking at it. Uh, fruiting and flowering plants, uh, fantastic. Yeah. What about herbs? What about herbs? Yeah, look, herbs definitely in the full sun, um, and they'll do really well there. Thanks, Paul. Or right, Scott Sharp, we're running out of time for another week. Okay, we'll talk next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>